Praise the Lord. Christ is our life and our length of days. Well, it's a little bit of a different title on the screen tonight, <clears throat> To Die Like the Phoenix. We're always careful with the Word of God, and <clears throat> tonight I trust that I'm careful enough. I've been intrigued by the image of the phoenix here and there over the years, and I wouldn't venture this except there is a certain verse in the Bible that in certain translations mentions the phoenix, this legendary bird of history. But before we get there, let's go to Song of Solomon chapter 4 and verse 12 to 15, abbreviated here, canticles. I want to speak tonight about the graces of Christ, Christian character, development of a godly attribute in our lives. The Lord here is speaking to his church, the bride of Christ, under the image of a garden. It says, a garden enclosed is my sister, my spouse, a spring shut up, a fountain sealed. Your plants are an orchard of pomegranates with pleasant fruits, fragrant henna with spikenard, spikenard and saffron, calamus and cinnamon with all trees of frankincense, Myrrh and aloes with all the chief spices, a fountain of gardens, a well of living waters, and streams from Lebanon. The Lord speaking to us, the garden is you. The garden is your life and my life, and the Lord wants to see the beauty, the fragrance come forth in our lives. Scented plants and pleasant fruits, aromatic plants, beautiful flowers, sweet-smelling cedarwood. The garden is you. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 9, said to the church, he said, you are God's garden. You are God's garden. And the question tonight is, what are we cultivating and what are we creating and what are we growing? Because we're not just soil that has come to the presence of the Lord, but the Lord would desire a beautiful, beautiful life to come forth in his graces and in his fragrance, in his glory. So tonight I want to speak to the graces of Christ, Christian graces, being filled with the fragrance of Jesus Christ, having these beautiful scented flowers and incense and henna and saffron and the spikenard coming forth from our life, that we would really carry the fragrance of Christ wherever we go. Where is this found in the New Testament? Where are these spices? Well, let's look at four scriptures quickly tonight, a set of scriptures. Colossians 3, 12 to 15. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, put on kindness, put on humility, put on meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. These are the pleasant flowers. These are the pleasant spices. These are the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Lord. But above all these things, put on love, agape, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. 1 Peter 3, 8-9. Finally, my brethren, 
Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Philippians 2, 1 to 3, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. These are the Christian graces. These are the graces of Christ. This is the fruit of the Spirit. These are the holy attributes that we are to cultivate and bring forth in our life. And then Ephesians 4, 29 to 32, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, not one. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, encouragement, building up, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, which is loud quarreling, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. The cultivation of the Christian graces in our life, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. These are the scented plants and the flowers. This is the sweet-smelling sweet wood that God would want in our lives. Do you know that the Bible promises that we can have an abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom? That we don't have to leave this world diminished in any way, but that we can grow in Christ and be so filled with the fruit of God, be so filled with the fragrance of Christ and the character of Christ, that we actually have an abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom. The doors swing wide open to welcome us. 2 Peter 1, 10 to 11. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election your choosing sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. How many want an abundant entrance into heaven? Hallelujah. The Bible says we must be filled with the graces of God. Let Christ develop in us fully that we would come to a fullness of God in our lives, in Christian graces and character, in good works and righteousness and holiness before the Lord. Well, 1 Peter, or 2 Peter 1, verse 5 says, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, giving all diligence, diligence here means speed, haste, don't linger in your Christian life. Press on to know the Lord. Press on to his fullness. But he said, but also for this very reason, giving all speed, all haste, all diligence, add to your faith 
He's talking about conversion experience, our salvation. In verse 1, he says, We have all received the common faith through the righteousness of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Not by works which we've done, not by any goodness we have, for we know it does not merit in the sight of God, but by the righteousness of Jesus Christ, by his sacrifice, we have come into faith in God and into God's righteousness. And the Bible says, add to your faith, and he lists seven divine qualities. He said, I want there to be a lavish and deliberate bestowal of these qualities upon your life. So add to your faith virtue. Virtue means excellence. Excellence morally, spiritually, in gifting, in occupation, in deed. To virtue, add knowledge, the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of the Word, studying and learning the scriptures. To knowledge, add self-control. Self-control is mastery of desires and passions. Control, mastery of ourselves by the Holy Spirit. To self-control, perseverance, steadfastness, endurance, particularly under trial. To perseverance, godliness. Godliness here is the word for worship, a life of worship. People that praise and worship the Lord pour out their hearts in celebration to the Lord and also, it's a life of godly worship. Everything we do offered to the Lord. To godliness, add brotherly kindness. Philadelphia, the love of brothers and sisters. And to brotherly kindness, add love, agape, which is divine love, the love of God. Love shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Then verse 8, 2 Peter 1. For if these things are yours and abound. If these qualities are yours, if these Christian graces, if this fragrance of Christ is yours and abounds, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent. Earlier he said, be diligent. Here he says, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. These words were spoken by one of the original apostles of the Lamb, the Apostle Peter, at the end of his life. This is his final letter. He knows the future for him is going to end in martyrdom, as the Lord indicated to him earlier in life. He knew he didn't have much time to live. He said, I know that I'm going to put off this tabernacle, this flesh, and go to be with the Lord. And he said, these words, he said, I want you to add to your faith. He said, be diligent to add to your faith. Be even more diligent to add these seven divine qualities, but how much more the, all the character of Christ and the graces of the Lord. What an urging, what an urging by this apostle of the Lamb in his final words to the church. This must be supremely important. A life lived in the abundance 
of the graces of Christ and then offered to the Lord in a final display of glory, an abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom. To die like the phoenix. Let's go to Job 29 and verse 18. Then I said, I shall die in my nest and multiply my days as the sand. Translated by some, like the phoenix. I shall die in my nest and multiply my days as the phoenix. The CJB, I said, I will die with my nest and I will live as long as a phoenix. NRSV, then I thought, I shall die in my nest and I shall multiply my days like the phoenix. N-A-B-R-E, I said, in my own nest I shall grow old. I shall multiply years like the phoenix. There's a city down in the southern U.S., a desert city called Phoenix, Arizona. And they have as their civic symbol, and they're proud of it, they have the phoenix bird. That's their symbol. Now, if you've never seen the phoenix, you can look it up anytime. Hopefully, you'll wait till the end of the message to see what the phoenix looks like. But <clears throat> things are quick today at your fingertips, aren't they? This city is called Phoenix, Arizona because it rose out of the ruins of some peoples that were there in that region in a time past. And now this beautiful, flourishing city rose out of the desert sand. City of Phoenix, Arizona. The Phoenix bird is a legendary bird. It's a fantastical bird. It is a bird of legend of antiquity and it has a mythological association but it's interesting that it's mentioned in this scripture in the bible and that in the the traditional church of early centuries the christian church the phoenix was taken as a symbol into the church a picture of resurrection and life and of a life that would burn in the end in great fire and a great display of glory so I have a few excerpts here. I have some old books, you know. <clears throat> I have an old book in my library called All the Birds of the Bible. You know what I'm going to say right now? It's okay if you don't believe what I'm going to be reading. I don't know if I believe it myself, but it is interesting. <laughs> Quoting, Some Jewish rabbis find a fantastic bird in Job 29, 18. For the word translated sand in the authorized version, they understand to be the phoenix. This fabulous creature was supposed to live 500 or 1,000 years through an entire cycle of history and then set its nest on fire, making a funeral pyre in which it burned itself alive. From its own ashes, it rose with restored youth to begin a new cycle. Tacitus and Pliny historians, though they make no claim of having seen the phoenix themselves, said that the bird had been seen. St. Clement narrates the phoenix legend in an early Christian document, and the mythical, mythological bird became a Christian symbol of the resurrection. Most Bible translators, however, 
Do not include the phoenix among Job's birds, real or mythological. So they just use the word sand. Further material. The phoenix is a bird of Arabia, so-called because its coloring is Phoenician purple, or because there is only one of its kind in the world. It lives for upward of 500 years, and when it observes that it has grown old, it scents itself among the cedars of Lebanon and fragrant plants. Then it erects a funeral pyre for itself from small branches of aromatic plants. And having turned to face the rays of the sun, beating its wings, it deliberately fans the flames for itself and is consumed in the fire. It scents itself among cedars and fragrant plants, builds a funeral bed in its nest, small branches of aromatic plants, and then fans the flames and is consumed in the fire. Well, one of the great Puritan preachers of England, my favorite Puritan preacher of England, mid-1600s, sent a letter to a Lady Mary Vere, Baroness of Tilbury, commending her known faith in the gospel. Very outspoken lady for the gospel in that time. She was 80 years of old at the time of this letter. And this preacher referenced the phoenix, so we know the image carried through, or at least was renewed by the Puritans. With these words, he said to her, The good Lord, yet lengthen out your days, strengthen your faith, and multiply your graces, that at last you may die like the phoenix amidst their sweet odors and close your eyes in peace, with full assurance to open them again at the morning of the resurrection, to see your Redeemer with joy unspeakable and endless. So prayeth, madam, your most humble servant, William Gurnall, 1661. Lady Mary Vere died in 1671 in her 90th year. Quite a word, quite a blessing. What a wonder to die like the phoenix. The Lord multiply your graces. The Lord multiply your Christian graces the fragrance of Christ, the character of Christ, so that at the end you may die like the phoenix amidst their sweet fragrance as it ascends to the heaven. Well, be that what it may. Let's look at a couple other scriptures in the Bible and see that there was a, a burning for kings, a burning of spices as they made their way from this world. Second Chronicles 16, 13 to 14. So Asa rested with his fathers. He died in the 41st year of his reign. They buried him in his own tomb, which he had made for himself in the city of David, and they laid him in a bed which was filled with spices and various ingredients prepared in a mixture of ointments. They made a very great burning for him. Marginal burning of spices. Godly King Asa, who served the Lord and led such a wonderful restoration in the land. Served God like his father David, it says. That when he died, they laid him in a bed which was filled with spices and various ingredients prepared in a mixture of ointments. They made a very great burning for him, a burning of spices. Then we read of another king in 2 Chronicles 21, 19 to 20. 
and his people made no burning for him, King Jehoram, like the burning for his fathers. So it was customary. Kings served the Lord. No burning of spices for this king. He was 32 years old when he became king. He reigned in Jerusalem eight years, and to no one's sorrow departed. However, they buried him in the city of David, but not in the tombs of the kings. Godly kings, when they died, there was a great burning for them. In honor of their godly life and godly service, the spices were brought, the aromatic plants, the sweet-smelling woods, and a great burning was made for them to honor and commemorate their life and to send that life into the heavens with joy and thanksgiving. Kings who didn't serve the Lord, kings who didn't follow in the ways of David, no burning was made for them. But kings that served the Lord, their life went out with fragrance. Their life went out with honor. Their life went out with a beautiful scent to the heavens. And they were sent on their way to the presence of God, the kings of Israel. Now we know, we all know the most fragrant person that ever walked this earth, the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. What a fragrance about him, his character the fruit of the Spirit, the righteousness, the truth, the integrity. He walked in this world sinless before his Father. This fragrant Lord Jesus, he said, I want you to follow me. I want you to develop into my image. I want you to receive my Spirit and receive my Word and receive my working in your life so that you come forth in my image. You come forth in my likeness, that you grow and develop in your Christian life and that you become filled with the graces of Christ. You become filled with the fruit of the Spirit. You come, become filled with holiness and godliness and righteous character. He said, I do always those things which please my Father. I do always those things which please my Father. The Father said of him, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. He said it about his character as a man, and he said it three years later about his ministry as a preacher of the gospel. He said, this is my beloved son. I am well pleased in him. The Bible says we are to walk before the Lord worthy of all pleasing, fully pleasing him, coming to such a place in our life of fully pleasing the Lord. The Bible says that he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went about doing good and healing everyone who was beaten down by the devil. His life was filled with good works. His life was filled with the fruit of righteousness. One day he stood before a hostile crowd and they were pushing against him. And he said to them, which of you convicts me of sin? Is there anyone in the crowd that can convict me of wrongdoing? And no one opened their mouth. Righteous and holy, pure and true, godly in all ways. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. What happened to him at his death? John 19, 39 to 42. After he was crucified on the cross, a life so fragrant. Now a body so 
shredded and torn for the sins of humanity. But there was never a more fragrant person, a more holy and beautiful person than our Lord. The Bible says in John 19, 38, after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took the body of Jesus, and Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 100 pounds. Roman measure was a little smaller, about 75 pounds of spices to anoint and bury Jesus Christ. I mean, spices are light. How many bags of spices would you need? What kind of a cart would you use? 75 pounds of spices. Then they took the body of Jesus and bound it in strips of linen with the spices as the custom of the Jews is to bury. Now the place where he was crucified... Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So there they laid Jesus because of the Jews' preparation day, for the tomb was nearby. Luke 23, 52. After this man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, then he took it down, wrapped it in linen. Linen represents righteousness the fine linen righteousness, took the body of Jesus, took it down, wrapped it in linen, and laid it in a tomb that was hewn out of the rock where no one had ever lain him before. That day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew near. And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils. And they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. A life so fragrant, a life now being offered back to God. You know, it was a life so fragrant that that life couldn't even wait to the tomb to be anointed with spices and fragrant oils anointment. As we heard this morning, Earlier on in Jesus' ministry, a woman came with an alabaster box and broke it open and poured out one of the most costly fragrances of the day, the liquid nard or the spike nard. She anointed his head. And the liquid poured down over him and the whole house was filled with the fragrance. Six days before his burial, Mary came and anointed the feet of Jesus and broke an alabaster box and poured out this costly, costly perfume and fragrance on the Lord. And Jesus said, let her alone. She's done this for the day of my burial. He says, I'm being anointed for burial right now. And when Jesus died on the cross and his body was taken down and they wrapped him in linen cloths and between the folds of the cloth or the, or the wrapping of the cloths, they put in the spices and the ointments and the fragrant oils. It was to commemorate a life that was lived in righteousness and holiness and in the grace of God. A life filled with fragrant fragrance of God. A life filled with righteousness. The kings of the Old Testament, as we saw earlier, those that were godly were anointed and they were, 
They had a great burning for them. Some, it says that they had a very great burning for them as the spices and the scent of their life arose to the heavens and they were commended to the heavens and were celebrated and honored. And here we are today. Here we are today in our time and place. May the good Lord lengthen our days and multiply our graces. That we would add to our faith divine qualities. That we would add humility and meekness and kindness. That we would add the forgiveness into our life. And we would be people that speak words of life to one another and courage and have brotherly love and the agape of God. That we'd be of one mind and of one spirit within ourselves, in our homes. Godly homes anointed by the fragrance of Christ, by the character of Christ. No malice, no strife, no loud quarreling. The Bible says put these away and put on Christ. And that we would be filled with the grace of God. That we would multiply the graces of the Lord. And that we would be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and the love of God. So at the end we may die like the phoenix amidst their sweet odors and burn to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Anoint your life with these sweet spices with the henna and the saffron and the spikenard. Anoint your life with sweet-smelling cedar, these graces, this character of Christ, the beauty of our Lord, and live this life, be a blessing to one another, be a blessing to God, and in the end, burn to the glory of God. Let's have the worship ministry come, and let's stand together tonight. Ask the Lord to minister to us the graces of Christ and to continue to transform us. Add to your faith, the Bible says. Add to your faith tonight. Let's ask the Lord to minister to us the grace of Christ. I want to close with Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. The Apostle Paul said, In this I pray, that your love agape, may abound still more and more in, all, in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Hallelujah. Father, we pray tonight, Lord. Pray, Father God, that our love would abound more and more. Kindness and humility and meekness, self-control, perseverance, excellence, knowledge of the Lord. Pray that our love would abound more and more in all knowledge and all discernment. We'd be perceptive, Father God. We would be sensitive to approve things that are excellent and things that aren't excellent, that we would put them away in the name of Jesus. That we would be sincere and without any cause of stumbling in us until the day of Jesus Christ might be filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ under the praise and glory of God. So we surrender ourselves, Lord, for your work in us. Holy Spirit, 
come and work in us in cooperation with our own hearts to bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control, Father. The nine fruit of the Spirit, the seven divine qualities of Second Peter, all the graces, Lord, mentioned in the New Testament scriptures, Lord, that our hearts would yearn. Father God, that there would be a burning of spices, Lord God, at our departure, Lord, as the heavens would open for us, Lord, that the fragrance, Lord, of a life lived for you would rise to the heavens with joy, with anticipation and pleasure in your presence. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.